0: Hi, marhaba, I'm Sha'al and welcome to episode 2 of The Najdi Linguist. In the last episode, I explained what the term Forensic Linguistics stands for. This time, we'll take a step closer and look at what a Forensic Linguist does, the challenges they might face, and the solutions to overcome them. In theory, The task of a forensic linguist would be to report their analysis of a language evidence either in a crime investigation, or in court as an expert witness, and sometimes as private consultation. The evidence can be any type of text, spoken, written, or even a signature. It can be an emergency call, a suicide letter, a text message police records, anonymous letters or calls. It could also take the shape of threats, bribes, conspiracy, and other forms of forgery. The most well-known task a forensic linguist would take on would be authorship analysis, which is to examine a written evidence. Ideally. A forensic linguist will use their expertise in theoretical linguistics, so they would use their knowledge of phonetics, morphology, syntax, and applied linguistics, using sociolinguistics, dialectology, computational linguistics, and corpus linguistics, to solve the legal puzzles that come their way. When a linguist serves as an expert witness, their aim is mainly to assist the court, or the party they work with to understand the evidence by shedding light on issues that might might be obvious otherwise. These puzzles can take the shape of a conflict between two people, work with the police in an investigation, or work as an expert witness in the courtroom. Solving these puzzles can result into legal action. In practice, the task of a forensic linguist has a number of challenges. First, a forensic linguist would come up with a hypothesis to be tested by examining the data, the text, where we come across the first hurdle. The quantity or length of the data is an important matter that could either help or challenge the linguist in their work. The data could be short, a collection of small samples, or the language is generic with no distinctive language features to find. Also, the quality of the data in terms of the genre of the text. For example, we don't text the same way we write an email or make a phone call. The conventions or the rules that we follow when we use each of these genres can sometimes change the way we use our language. Then comes another hurdle. One of the challenges forensic linguists face is to ensure that their report or testimony is free of cognitive biases. I remember the first time I heard of the term cognitive biases was in a discussion panel by Janet Ainsworth, a law professor and former president of the IFL, an eye-opening discussion for me as a forensic linguist in the making. Cognitive biases are the kinds of judgments or expectations our brains come up with. One of the cognitive biases a linguist might face is the observer effects or confirmation bias. According to Risinger, observer effects is when the context and expectations affect an individual's perception and interpretation of what they observe. When a forensic linguist is assigned to a task, an expectation of a result is built either on the part of the linguist or the party they work with. And that expectation can lead and affect their methodology in order to reach that result. Having biases is not the only problem. A forensic linguist could also have a bias blind spot which is to think that they are being objective in their work and that the others are clouded by their biases. So, a linguist might be aware of biases, just not their own. The fear of biases can sometimes lead to another hurdle, admitting a forensic linguist's expert witness testimony in legal proceedings. Basically, getting this report approved in court. While linguistic analysis is becoming increasingly accurate with the aid of technology, it is still not 100% solid and it is still subject to interpretation, the biases bit that we just talked about. Linguistic evidence alone is often not enough to convict or dismiss a suspect, but when other forensic evidence supports it, it can have that potential. So how can we overcome these serious issues? One way is to develop a valid scientific methodology that will be acceptable in court. And research have made positive progress in this regard. Computer-mediated tools, artificial intelligence, are essential for the forensic linguists of today. To establish a reliable bias-free methodology, and making them successful, reliable forensic linguistics expert witnesses. Producing quantitative results, numbers, ensures an objective analysis that is based on the findings that could either support a linguist's interpretation of a text or confirm to them that the impression they built is biased and they need to examine the evidence more objectively or differently. Hainsworth also suggested getting rid of information that might be irrelevant as much as possible and know nothing but pure data. Information like age, gender, and region can sometimes trigger biases that contaminate a linguist's analysis or perception. Some experts, especially in authorship identification, would argue that they have years of practice that they can substitute for a scientific methodology. But Solon and Tiersma note that not having an established method can lead an insightful analysis to be dismissed from court. On an institutional level, the International Association of Forensic Linguists have been active about this and issued a code of good practice that has a number of principles to ensure professional performance. These principles ensure practicing integrity, objectivity, and professional competency. They also address matters of confidentiality and conflict of interest between forensic linguists and their clients. Of course, the key factor of change is persistence, raising awareness and continuous efforts on both parts, forensic linguists and legalists, to build a bridge of communication and cooperation. Because of these efforts, there is an increasing number of cases where forensic linguistic evidence was key factor to convict or exonerate the suspect, which reassures us that these solutions are effective. So there is hope after all. In the next episode, I will talk about an infamous myth and the story behind it, so stay tuned. For now, thank you for tuning in. Please follow, like, and share. And for inquiries and feedback, you're always welcome to DM or mention me on Twitter. Thanks again, and until next time.